Welcome to Creatively Christian, a podcast by Theophany Media, where we inspire, inform, educate, and empower creative Christians of all types. I'm one of your hosts, Brandon Hollingsworth. Amanda Bacon is a busy mom, an author, and a podcast creator who talks with Andrea Sandifer about the process of faithfully following God's lead. So let's listen. All right, everyone. Welcome to Creatively Christian. I'm your host, Andrea Sandifer, and I am thrilled to get to interview one of my good friends from, well, for from years now, but her name is Amanda Bacon. And Amanda, I'm going to just toss it right back to you right away. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, about where you live, a bit about your family, and maybe a bit about your creative work? Yeah. Hi, Andrea. How are you? Oh, you know, it's, it's, it's still, we're still in school, so it's still crazy, but yeah. <laughs> well, it's so good to talk to you. I think we, I was trying to think before we got on that we've been friends for maybe like eight to 10 years or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think, even remember the moment we met, but it's been a while. It has. Yeah. I think we kind of almost met through a mutual friend too. And I remember um, our dear friend, Amber, who has now since passed away, but mm-hmm. she, re- I remember her telling me about you and mm. your family. And, and then I think we were at a Bible study table together right. at Wasilla Bible there in uh, South Central Alaska here. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe, yeah, maybe about 10 years ago. Yeah. It's been a while. Well, it's nice to meet you all. I'm Amanda Bacon, and I currently live in North Carolina, outside of Charlotte, North Carolina. We moved here from Alaska about four years ago, just over four years ago, and um, I'm a wife of 21 years, and I have eight children, which still shocks me to this day. Um, (laughs) When you say it out loud, you're like, what? (laughs) I know. Wait, that's my life. That's my life. Um, Yeah, so... Uh, I gave birth to four kids first, and then we started down the path of adoption. Uh, We believe the Lord had that uh, set right before us, and we adopted two babies pretty quickly. Um, They're four months apart, and um, then we had another baby the old-fashioned way and thought we were done at seven because we were like, oh, we're definitely done. That's like God's number and stuff, and so (laughs) we're just definitely done, and then the Lord... um, plopped another opportunity into our lap and uh, we received a shocking phone call about the sibling of one of the babies we adopted and we ended up bringing home a six-year-old boy um, almost seven years ago. So that kind of rounds out uh, the kids. They are ages eight to 20 and we have an eight-year-old, two 10-year-olds, two 13-year-olds, a 16, 18, and a 20. So they're just kind of like in this big, huge span and we changed diapers for 15 years straight. That's one of my claims <laughs> to fame. And I've never got received a trophy for it, but I feel oh, yeah. like we're going to have to work on that. Somebody needs to get me amazing. one because I want to put it right up on my shelf. Uh, yeah. So it's just been a whirlwind and we moved to Charlotte uh, on faith about four years ago. And it was a years long story of us praying about our move. And maybe we'll talk about that later, but I'm on staff now at Proverbs 31 Ministries on Lisa Turker's team. And I love my work I do there. That is the reason we moved. And um, just with the hope that I would get the opportunity to do that mm-hmm. on faith. And uh, here we are. And I love life here in North Carolina. And um, it's, it's just been quite a gift, quite a ride. We remodeled a house, gutted a house and remodeled it from the ground up also in the middle of life here. And we're living in this remodel and finally getting to enjoy it a lot more now that 
the major things are remodeled and done. So that's been really great. I'm an author, a first time author. My co-author and I, and Renee Gumley, um, dear friends of yours as well. Uh, we had a book come out a year and a half ago called Shiny Things, Mothering on Purpose in a World of Distractions. Okay. And that is for all the moms uh, trying to figure out why it's so enticing to choose lesser things instead of lasting things. And we dig into that in that book. And that was a great joy to write that together. And I also host a couple of podcasts, um, All the Mom Things podcast with Anne Renee, and we put out a new episode the first Wednesday of every month, and that is a great joy in my life. And also, newer in my life is a brand new podcast that I host by myself. It's called At Night, mm -hmm. Prayers and Meditations for Peaceful Rest, and that's just something that was birthed out of a passion and a desire of mine because I love narration. Like, I love using my voice to um, calm and encourage others. And through the years, a lot of people have always said, your voice is so calming. Uh, yeah. Your voice is so calming. I'm like, oh, I, my kids <laughs> probably wouldn't say the same if I'm harping <laughs> on them about something. But it just became something really cool. Um, my church asked me to start doing scripture reading before the sermon on Sunday. So I do that a couple times a month. And just, I love reading scripture over people. I, I hope to narrate some books someday. It's just been a really cool thing. And so the at night podcast is um, a short, you know, less than, you know, 12 or 13 minute uh, prayer meditation, just some words, meditate on some scripture, some words about maybe a problem someone's having, like when I'm exhausted, when I'm stressed, when I'm worried. Um, when I'm worried is actually my most downloaded episode so far. I'm wow. almost double all the other episodes. And so, yeah, I'm getting ready to release a couple more. And I do that on the 15th of every month. I just add a few more to the collection every month. And you can find both of those podcasts on Spotify and iTunes. So, yeah, that's me. Um, that's, that's what I have to introduce myself so far. And <laughs> I'm just really grateful. The Lord just keeps um, moving and shaking us. And yeah, he has good ideas, doesn't he? In front of me to do. And I'm loving it. Yeah, he has really good ideas. <laughs> I love the at night um, Oh, it's just, it's lovely. It's absolutely thank lovely. You. So thank you for that. All right. So let's dig in. Let's start by inspiring everyone. Um, it's really fun to kind of start with your origin story. So when did you first start enjoying the art of writing? Well, I remember as a young girl, I was a voracious reader, but I, but I started writing after reading some of my favorite books and then kind of copying the storyline and trying to write my own fiction. Now I don't write fiction now, but back then I was reading the series. It's not a literary great, but the sweet Valley twins was my um, book series of choice when I was in the third, fourth or fifth grade. And I remembered writing a knockoff called the triplets of long beach. And so that's where I got my start. That course did not go anywhere because I probably plagiarized all of it. But I also remember, I, I always loved the written word. And I do remember at one point in my childhood, we, we acquired a word processor, which was not a computer, but it was like a word processor. It's a typewriter with a little tiny, like the size of a ruler, a screen where I could type and write up what I, my words and I could print them from this oh, little wow. typewriter device. And I was in love and I thought that was weird. Um, so I didn't tell anybody about that. And then <laughs> when I was in high school, I was running for class president. I was 14 in, in ninth grade. And I was standing in front of the whole ninth grade class giving a speech. And as I was giving the speech, I remember thinking, I love this. 
And I don't know what's wrong with me because what ninth grader loves public speaking? Well, zero of them. Right. And so I just remembered loving the art of writing and communicating with my voice and with my, with my words and through typing and writing. And I kind of kept that under and I ended up pursuing a teaching degree, which is kind of cool because I, I teach a lot kind of in what yeah, I do, really but do. writing and communicating is a part of every single one of my jobs that I do now. And I love, I love it. And I love how God has planted, planted that in me long ago. And for so long, I thought it was something I had to push down because it wasn't a real job or a real calling or a real like career mm. that, that I thought I could do, or even a, just a ministry. And it's just been really neat to see how God has gifted me in things that are now a part of my every single day life. And I love it. Yeah. I love that. And I, um, I love how you said that it, they felt strange, like those things felt strange. And, uh, and I think a similar story uh, in my life, I felt like none of my music stuff really made sense for a career. I actually ended up um, going toward engineering <laughs> and it was, it was a, it was a practical thing. It was a practical degree. And um, I haven't, I haven't, set foot in an engineering office for over a decade now. And I love my life. It's just, it's really cool to, I don't know if I could go back, would I do it differently? Maybe, maybe not. Mm -hmm. I am who I am. We are, we're shaped and molded. Like you're, like you said, your teaching degree, it, you, you still use that every day, mm -hmm. maybe not in, um, in the classroom, but I've never worked at a school. Never. Teaching. Wow. Never. Mm -mm, never. Very cool. So mm -hmm. what triggered from your teaching degree and being young mom, what triggered your move toward pursuing your ministry work and writing? Yeah, it's kind of neat. I started writing online back when blogs were like brand new. It was Super back cool. in 06. So 14 years ago, I started to write on a blog spot, um, blogspot.com. And I used that. That was before social media. So I started updating like faraway friends and family on our little family life because we had three kids at that point. I had had three kids in those four years and it was just, I, I wanted to update my parents, my mom who lived far away, my sister who lived far away, cousins, friends. And it was just kind of fun for me. And that little like updating family blog ended up turning into me learning to write from my heart, almost like an online journal. And that's kind of where it started. I started writing online. Um, several times a week, um, all the way. And I, I've, you know, done that for the last 14 years. And it's been kind of neat to see how it turned into something using writing that I love just to update people on life into wanting to help transform lives, mm. you know, with, um, of course the spirit and, and God's word. And, and, and that's just what I, I love to do. And I moved from that to, yeah, just using my writing to help people see God and know God more. That's really cool. And I know you were involved in the MOPS ministry too, kind of early on. And you were kind of in a leadership role there, weren't you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, mothers of preschoolers. Um, I was involved in a group in Alaska. I think it was the largest group in Alaska and loved leading um, our leadership team with my co-author, Anne Renee. We led that together and knew that we loved ministering to moms. We were in the thick of it ourselves, but knew we loved that. And after we graduated out of our leadership um, with MOPS, we 
started ministering to moms through a blog and things like that. Very cool. Yeah. I remember that's, that was kind of how, is that how you and Anne Renee met your co-author? Yeah. We literally met at the church at a mops meeting. I love it. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, let's move into, so what inspires you? Where, Mm -hmm. Where do you draw your inspiration from when you're writing? Yeah, I two main places. It's what I'm reading in scripture uh, on the daily. I, you know, I'm in scripture. I'm actually in scripture for my job too. So it's, it's bombarding me in a really good way. And, uh, and then in my everyday life. So, um, you know, I'm a working mom, I have eight children, um, got all sorts of stuff going on, swirling all around me all the time. And, uh, yeah, all my inspiration comes from my everyday life and what I'm learning in scripture and tying the two together. Like, how can I, in my everyday life, see God and show more of God in my everyday? Mm -hmm. See more of him and show more of him. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Okay, cool. Let's start informing everybody. So I, and we visited about this a little bit before we um, pressed go on this, but I really feel like your story as a mom of eight, you offer a really unique perspective into creative work, creative life. So what is, what is it like um, trying to pursue creative work as a busy mom? Yeah, well, (laughs) four years ago, before we moved to North Carolina, I was a stay-at-home mom for about 17 years and homeschooled all of our kids. And creative life then looked really different than creative life looks now. Mm -hmm. Back then, it was in the cracks of nap times, um, breaks from homeschooling. Um, from like 9 to 9 p.m. to midnight after the kids were in bed. It was, it was just in the cracks of life always. There was never any dedicated time for me because it just, life was just too, um, it was just too busy with all the little people. Now that my kids are third, age third grade and up and five of them go to school five days a week uh, when we moved here, we put the five youngest in school because I got a job and I'd never like had a paid position before in, in our marriage. I've had lots of jobs in my life, but in the time I've been raising kids, I hadn't had a a job and that I got paid for. I had lots of jobs hundred percent for sure, but none that I got paid for and actually had to be accountable to somebody for. You need more than one trophy. I have a feeling. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I will, I will take any that are offered. Um, yeah. So, but now my five youngest go to school and my five youngest are my like, wow factor. Um, it's, you know, as they age, my three oldest are 16, 18 and 20. And so they don't need mom so much during the day and they are independent. Um, two of them have graduated high school and in school and working now. And another, we have one homeschooler who is completely independent, um, in her sophomore year. And so life is different. And so while they're at school, that's the time now where I work my job and I block out time to do work on the podcast, work on my writing, and I just kind of block time for different things. So Mm. it works out pretty well. And I work part-time around 20 hours a week. So it leaves me some space. As long as I use it well, it leaves me space to work on my ministry work. And so But, you know, there's times where uh, ministry work especially trickles into the weekends because it's Mm -hmm. some, it's always on the the fringe. 
because it's not the work um, I'm accountable to other people for. A lot of it only I know about. And right. so some of that work is harder for me to be consistent in because nobody's counting on me for it, except for, you know, the Lord leading me in things. And if I'm procrastinating and dragging my feet on things, that can be a sticky point for me is to lead myself well when nobody's telling me what to do. Mm, so so that's, that's an issue I have personally when I'm doing things that nobody's waiting for me to do. That's really good. I think I, I can really relate to that, you know, and like you said, if, it, if nobody else knows about it or, um, and I'm sure it helps having your co-author, your, um, where you guys have deadlines, you do have a few deadlines or things that you try to hold each other to having somebody like that is probably really helpful, but in your, in your own, you, your writing work or your new podcast, um, at night, you know, you're your boss basically. Right. So it it is tricky. And, um, yeah, I can totally relate to that if I, Mm -hmm. and I, do you feel like if you share with somebody, Hey, this is something I'm doing. Is it almost like a, like I, I just recently, um, I, I'm going to be helping an older lady with an audiobook. she's writing mm-hmm. and she wants, she has no way to record her voice and has always wanted to do that. And so, um, I haven't started yet, but by me telling other people that that's something I'm going yeah. to be doing, it's almost like now I've really got to do it. <laughs> I mm-hmm. don't know. So yeah. Do you, do you tend to share quite a bit about what God's um, calling you into with your family even? Yeah, for sure with my family, but I find with the podcasts where, you know, of course I'm accountable to the co-host of the one and we, we mm-hmm. record, you know, about a week or two before we release it. And it's always the first Wednesday of every month. So we have to be on our game to be recording at least a week before. So that yeah. is a good deadline. But personally for the podcast, the at night podcast that I am accountable to myself for, for me, I was hesitant to set a date when I'd be releasing episodes, but I found that if I say on the 15th of every month, I'll be adding to the collection with not a set number. I don't say one, two, three, four, or five episodes. I just say I'm adding to the collection every month. And it's turned out to be a rhythm of two a month, which is doable for me. But I also, um, I like having that deadline of the the 15th of the month, but that also means I need to give myself enough time to write the scripts, record the scripts, edit, edit the recordings, the music, everything. So I have to give myself enough time and brain space because I'm not just writing out instructions for how to feed my dogs. I'm writing scripts, uh, scripts that come from my heart and my experience with the Lord and encouraging people with scripture and something, um, a a deep felt need they have, I'm trying to touch on, Um, you know, like this month I'm putting out episodes, you know, when that, when the relationship is hard and when I don't know how it will turn out. Mm -hmm. And um, those are high felt needs that people have. And I'm trying to dig into those places where people are like, man, this, this recording, this 10 minute recording really gets me. So having a deadline, um, even though it's something you're writing from the heart, it it helps me to have a deadline because I get moving (laughs) more because I don't want to be dishonest by not meeting those deadlines. And I want to be consistent and trustworthy, someone they can trust that I'm going to provide what I say I'm going to provide. So deadlines are great for me. Even in my job, if my boss were to say, Hey, sometime this year, could you get to this thing? I'm not going to do it anytime soon right? because life is pressing in so many different ways. But if, if she were to say, could you have that done by March 15th, 2021 on it? I'm going to, 
I don't like to disappoint people. So, and I like to be trustworthy. So deadline, yep, I meet all deadlines. But if it's more nebulous and out there, even on my own work, mm-hmm. I don't do well. I don't yeah. do well at all. I need a deadline. For real. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I need a deadline in everything. Yeah, <laughs> even, even getting a shower, I need a deadline. I, need I set it. times. I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this at 11. I'm going to hop in the shower and then I'm going to do this. And yeah. I set timers for everything too. I really do. I have <laughs> awesome. so many timers set on my phone right now. And I had to make sure that none of them were going off in the middle of our recording because I have about six <laughs> that go off in a day to remind oh, awesome. me to do stuff. Mm-hmm. That's well, just and- how I work. And I, you mentioned like setting blocks of time uh, that, and that's, that's a rhythm in my creative work. I've, I've learned the benefit of that. So like, do you approach a day and go, okay, today is my Proverbs 31 day, Mm -hmm. or today is my uh, all about, uh, or masterpiece mom, um, Mm -hmm. all the mom things day. Like, do you approach it in big blocks like that? Or do you work in half hours? What seems to work best for you? No, I work in big blocks. So in my week, I, I load Mondays and Tuesdays really heavy with my Proverbs 31 job. And I work, um, over, over half of it in those two days. And then I will trickle in the rest in, um, two to four hour blocks, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. That's just how I work. If I have any interviews, I schedule them for Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday. If I have an appointment, I schedule them for Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday. Mm. If I'm working on, um, podcast stuff, I schedule it for the end of the week. And it just works better for me to get the kind of the big rocks put in first. You know, that analogy of put your big rocks in first for all the yeah. little rocks in around them. And I, I do that because I can get um, stressed internally if I'm not getting those big things done, because those are the most important work I'm doing in the week is, is the, my job. And then I'm, you know, then the other work can trickle in, but I have to schedule it out today was scheduled down, you know, to the hour, um, because of all the different things I have today. And I work really well that way. And if I communicate that with my family, it works well as well. So they're not expecting something from me, even though it's just a, a commitment to myself and to the Lord for the work I'm doing communicating with my family makes a big difference because they can see and they've learned to find it um, important as well. So that's awesome. Yeah. Years I, to do that. And I, I think that it really leads into my next question that I, I was really looking forward to asking you, what, what do you feel like your family has been blessed with um, through what you've been doing? Um, what have you seen come about in your family as a blessing um, because of what you're doing? Yeah, I think first, that's a good question. I think first, my family has seen me come alive, Mm -hmm. which benefits them. They've seen me uh, have, I don't know if the right word, the right word isn't security, but, or confidence, but it's, it's that knowing that I am obeying the Lord in these things he's put in me and these, this work he's given me to do. I'm a better version of myself. Mm -hmm. If I were to have said no to all of this, I, I don't think I would feel as free as I do now. So my family, I think, is getting a better version of me mm. if if I weren't doing this work. And then the other thing is my family, you know, with our move from Alaska to North Carolina, a little more on that. We I had been here to Charlotte, North Carolina for a conference that the ministry I work for puts on every summer. And I came four years in a row, which I thought I would get to go once. 
and never come again. Like it's an expensive conference. It's a, you know, 4,000 mile plane ride. It's hotel for days. And it was just a really big thing. And I got to come once and thought that would be it. And then the Lord kept providing a way for me to come several years. And then when I was here one year, the first year, actually, he kept whispering to me, you need to be here. And I was like, I am here. Look, I'm here. I'm standing here in the hotel. And um, it became apparent that he meant, no, like, I want you to live here and be here. And we, I told my husband several weeks later, because I was afraid to tell him, because he was born and raised Alaskan. Right. And he had actually said with his real words, uh, I love it here. My parents are here. We don't ever need to leave. And I'm like, I agree completely. I love it here. I love raising kids here. And then the Lord began to speak those words to me. But we ended up um, praying about it for about three and a half years. And as you know, we finally took the leap in 2016. Um, and we just decided on a Sunday one day or one one year after the sermon on a Sunday, we both had, I had to stay home with some sick kids. And Jeremy took like five kids to church, I think. And we both had the same word from the Lord from reading the same passage of scripture um, because I knew what they were going to be talking about at church mm-hmm. and he went through it at church and we both had the same uh, word from the Lord from the Hebrews. And it was, we do not have a lasting city, but we seek the city that is to come like the unshakable kingdom. And we both were like, you know, these earthly places are not our home. Let's go do some kingdom work. And so mm-hmm. the, we ended up moving and we uh, told our kids the next day, we listed our house two weeks later and it sold the next day. And then we moved in with our parents for a few weeks on both sets of parents and all 10 of us. And then we left. We Hi, moved everybody. Here. We moved here with no home. We had no idea where we were going to live. We landed with no vehicle, no home, no jobs, neither of us. People were always like, so did your husband get transferred here? I'm like, no, really. neither of us did. We don't have any jobs. Um, so we lived in a little, exactly. We lived in a one bedroom, uh, cottage. The 10 of us lived in a one bedroom cottage for two weeks until we found a rental. And because of the size of our family and the laws for rent rentals in North Carolina, (laughs) we had to rent a five bedroom house, um, which was not in our price range. Um, yeah, it's just one of their rules for rentals, the amount of people you can have in a room. And so we're used to three to four kids sharing. That's no big deal in a bedroom. Two sets of bunk beds is no big deal for our family, but we couldn't do that with the rental. And so long story short, we um, ended up in a great house in a fun little neighborhood until we bought our house about nine months later. And we both got jobs and um, I was offered my dream job of the job I would ever, if I could choose any job in the world, Mm -hmm. that was what I was offered without applying for anything. And it was just this really cool thing. And so how my family was blessed through that was we were, every single one of us was able to see that while we had some really, really bumpy years and bumpy moments here, but that the Lord is faithful and we all love it here. Genuinely love it here. Not a single one of us, especially my teenagers, nobody regrets the move and the step of obedience we took. And they all knew, they all remembered living in the one bedroom cottage. They all remember not having jobs. They all remember trying seven churches, trying to find a church home, you know, like Mm. we all remember that. And that's one of the greatest blessings is that our kids saw that God turned something that was really scary, uh, a scary obedience into something really great for everybody. So I I would say that's uh, for sure, (laughs) probably the biggest blessing that's come out of uh, my personal ministry life is following the mm-hmm. Lord across the country and dragging my family along with me. And I had a lot of fear there. Like, are they going to resent this someday? Sure. And um, 
we're just not there. So I'm really grateful. Yeah. I, you guys are flourishing. I just love to mm-hmm. kind of get glimpses into your life there and just yeah. your kids are, oh, they're just, it's awesome. Snakes and all, right? <gasps> You're doing okay. <laughs> yeah. We have a property with a creek that runs through it and that I vowed I never wanted to live on water in North Carolina because oh. I'm terrified of snakes. And Andrea, we have seen 17 snakes since April of this, of 2020, of course, 2020, but (laughs) in the last year we saw, we've seen 17 snakes. Um, They're all in their hidey holes for winter for now, and they can stay there for all I care. But um, yeah, it's very um, ironic. I got my cul-de-sac though. That's what I really wanted was a cul-de-sac. My husband got his creek, but that also meant snakes. You didn't know what kind of compromise that was. No, no. Mm Mm-mm. Oh yeah. You guys are flourishing and yeah. The obedience, the walk of obedience. What a lesson. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. So let's move into educating everybody. Cause I feel like, mm-hmm. um, you know, from, for a lot of us, we're, we don't like you, you didn't go to school to learn how to be an author or how to do any, um, uh, necessarily ministry work. So what did you, what did you have to learn when you were getting started or what have you learned along the way? And maybe, um, what resources did you find really, really helpful as you were um, getting started in what you're doing now? Yeah. Well, thank goodness for the internet because, you know, the internet wasn't around until I was in college. And, but as a young new writer in my twenties, I used the internet to read what, um, like how to be a writer how to start a career as a writer. I did a lot of research and I also did a lot of despairing. I remember sitting Mm -hmm. at my kitchen table going, this will never work. Uh, I will never get to do this um, for an actual like living. And I'll just write online updates the rest of my life on (laughs) a free blog. That's just what I will do. And that was beautiful and great. And, And in some ways I still do a lot of that. But I, I got my start doing a lot of research. And another thing I would say was don't be afraid to start out and be really bad at it. Even if it's just in your own eyes, don't be afraid to start out at something. Part of my personality is um, to a fault is I don't want to be involved in anything if it's not going to be great. And that I've realized is a form of pride in my life that I don't want to do anything unless ahead of time, I know it will be a success. Right. And the Lord has really humbled me in that area. And now I don't want to be a part of anything that's not in obedience to the Lord. Mm. And so it's a different, it's a different mindset. Now I don't have the mindset of success. I have the mindset of obedience and that has changed what I do so much. It has changed everything about what I do and my heart in it. So where there could be bitterness or sadness or anger over how some things have turned out it's really more like whoa but I was obedient and that's what matters because that's what he asked me to do in that moment in that in in those years or whatever but yeah I would say don't be afraid of obedience over success Mm. in fact gravitate toward that but also get some training Mm. Uh, maybe do an online course go to some conferences be around like-minded people. And the next thing I would say is join a group, some kind of group of people who do similar things to what you do. Um, Listen to podcasts like this one, Um, gather either in real life as you can, or in an online group. I have several groups I'm a part of that are online that spur me on and encourage me in what I do. 
And I really love that. And I didn't have that for a lot of years. Um, back when I was a brand new writer, I didn't know anybody, mm-hmm. not even one person that did what I did. And now that's changed so much. I'm surrounded by people that do similar things to what I do. And we can really bounce ideas off each other and encourage each other in the long road. Like for you as a musician and a songwriter, you need to surround yourself with people who do what you do to spur you on. And I think that's a huge part is get some training, do some research. Don't be afraid to be horrible at first, (laughs) but still do the work and join a group in some way to encourage you. Yeah. And I guess I would love to, um, to extend some of the ideas to everyone. Like you mentioned a conference. What was the conference that you attended uh, those four years in a row and probably still attend when you can? Down there? Yeah. Well, now I'm on staff at the conference. And so, um, so it's, she speaks. she speaks, it's a communicators conference for leaders, speakers, and writers, Christian women. It's a women's conference, but yeah, she speaks. So um, this is my, I think this year was my, eighth or ninth year, um, like five of them on staff and four as a attendee. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Yeah. I'm sure that that perspective shift has been kind of a a really cool, uh, journey too. just watching from where your first year going and then what you get to do now and pouring into the, the people that attend. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. And then what groups have you found helpful as a writer, um, I know we've both at one point been involved in hope writers. Are you still mm-hmm. connected with them? Yep. I'm still a hope writer. I've been a hope writer since they started five ish years ago. Yes. Um, and then also through, um, that's been a huge gift to me, that community. And then through Proverbs 31 ministries, we have compelled training for writers. I'm a part of that. Mm-hmm. And, um, those two writing groups are, um, really instrumental for me. So I'm really grateful for that. And just even just like Facebook groups I'm a part of with people I've been at conferences with in the past, we have some Facebook groups where we encourage each other. Uh, You could start a group really easily, you know, just with a couple people, like-minded people, a free Facebook group where you all share stuff and ask questions of each other, share your work. And um, it's valuable. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'll, I'll put a little plug in. We're starting a a creatively Christian Facebook group for the same purpose of just trying to, um, to bring together um, creative Christians and to help in networking and ideas and encouragement. I'm really excited about it. Um, Awesome. And we'll, we'll link um, maybe information about she speaks hope writers and compel training um, in our show notes too. Mm -hmm. Um, Awesome. So then we'd love to, uh, to weave in a lot of empowerment in what we share with everybody. And I love these questions about just our intersections between faith and our work. And so to kind of kick off that section, what do you, or like, why let's talk about why, why intentionally weave your faith life Mm -hmm. into your creative work? Why not write about being a mom of, eight kids and changing diapers for 15 years, you know, why not, why not those messages and why messages of faith? Why is that important to you? Yeah, it's funny. I've thought about that a lot through the years, like, cause sometimes writing about your faith is um, you put yourself out there for criticism sometimes, or people sure. not understanding what you're trying to say. Um, 
when, when otherwise, if I were to keep quiet and not share any of those things with people, I would receive no criticism mm. uh, as with anybody who shares their creative work, you know, mu- music artists, actors, actresses, you name it. Uh, it. People receive criticism all the time. But I thought about that a lot. Like, why don't I just get really good at making soup and like <laughs> share soup all the time? <laughs> well, it's because that doesn't make me come alive and God didn't wire me to do that. And I've just, sometimes I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. It's too costly or it's too this or too that, but I just, I can't not do it. I can't not, I, I, I've, there are some days where I'm like, I'm not going to post anything on social media for a week, which is fine. I've done that several times, but I feel compelled mm. and that's the key when it's not for um, any reason of attention or um, any kind of anything, award or trophies like we were talking about, (laughs) if it's because the Lord is compelling me to say something, that's my cue. And I find that happens more than I want it to, which might sound strange because I want to be more on the down low sometimes. I just follow where he's leading me and I try to do that, but I it's just, it's just the way I'm made to talk about everyday life and how faith intersects because, you know, as believers, our faith does intersect literally everything. If we let it, our conversations with the people we live with, they can be laced with God's grace. If we let them, you know, I think everything we do in life is laced with, with faith. And, and I dare say if we're doing it right, you know, yeah. like, I think that we can weave more of them. And so in my writing, sometimes I like sharing about um, this fun Play-Doh we've made through the years. <laughs> and I like sharing that kind of stuff, but that's not my norm because I'm built the way God built me was to weave faith into the things I'm talking about. So I don't know, other than it's the way I'm built and I don't feel right if I'm not. Yeah. I love that you, you, you feel compelled to, mm-hmm. and that's, again, that's obedience. That's awesome. Yeah. And it's in our make, it's in our makeup, you know, the Lord created us, each of us for a purpose with a certain make makeup. And, um, I used to be embarrassed of how maybe exuberant I was or excited for people or happy for someone or excited to be with somebody. And I used to want to try to muffle that down and I just don't anymore. And, I am the person that I am Mm -hmm. and for good, you know, I'm not talking about like sin nature or things we need to, you know, repent of. I'm talking about the good things that the Lord put in us to share with others. Mm -hmm. I want to be mindful to not be embarrassed by them. Yeah. And is that what you feel, or is that what you're hoping your work has um, the impact that it has on the kingdom is, you know, the messages that he's giving you, um, it will, it, it will reach hearts. Um, yeah, I ho- encourage faith. Yeah, I hope so. I, I think I want people to learn. I feel like the Lord has, has helped me help people learn to see that, you know, like to depend on him, to see him in their every day and to not separate our everyday life from our faith life. And I really want those to be more one and I've, I've never really sat right down to say, you know, what is it that I do and what I hope people will see, but it's really just, you know, that encouragement for everyday life, weaving in scripture and the Lord into um, what, what you do, especially in the unseen. And I think that's a really big part because 
you know, 99% of our lives, even people who are lead a more public life, their life is done in the unseen mm-hmm. with the people they do life with. Uh, so yeah. All right. Well, let's wrap up by, um, I want to make sure if people want to connect with you and, um, read what you're doing, what you're up to and support you in any way, how can we connect with you? Well, I think my favorite way to connect with people is currently on Instagram. I am at Amanda underscore bacon underscore, and I post there most days of the week. And I love taking pictures of beautiful things and weaving together words that are encouraging and helpful to people. So Instagram is probably my favorite place. There's also the podcast, all the mom things podcast for moms and at night podcast. I'd love for you to listen in to that. And those are both available um, Spotify and iTunes. But yeah, those are the main places. Um, also the book, Shiny Things. You can hear my heart and Anne Renee's heart for moms and um, just learning to be more focused and purposeful in our life as a mom rather than so distracted. Awesome. Mm-hmm. And is there anything uh, new coming up? Anything new in your spaces you would like to tell everybody about? Not yet. I think the At Night podcast is brand new. It's only two months old. And that's the thing, kind of the, the baby right now that I'm trying to get to stand up and walk right. um, a little more on its own and get used to the rhythm of writing and recording those every month and um, getting, you know, the right music to fit to what I'm trying to say and feel, you know, and the right scripture encouragement. And so that's kind of the thing that uh, where my heart is. And I'd like to get that um, to a place where it's a more comfortable rhythm for me. So that's kind of the newest yeah. um, thing I'm, that's on the forefront of my mind right now. It's truly lovely. And I, I did, I, that's a good, uh, triggers my question. I did want to ask you about the music cause it's just, it's beautiful the way it's all woven together. Who did you, who do you, um, are collaborating with for your music? Well, I, I just buy royalty free music online. Really? And I okay. will search for months. I mean, finding my first couple rounds of music, um, probably took me about five months of searching, online started last January and launched the show in October. So wow, um, it's been a long process and I'm always adding to the collection and um, I buy like a pack of royalty free music that all go together. And I, you know, when the song runs out, I'll add a loop that goes with it and, you know, fade those into each other. And so I do a lot of, I'm, I'm a lot of, a lot of self-taught work here That's with awesome. um, doing the sound and the music and the recordings. And I just, I love to research and figure out how to do stuff on my own rather than hiring out for things because mm-hmm. I like that kind of challenge and I'm a techie person. So I like the challenge of that, but yeah, I, I have some composers that I love that I've um, purchased from a few times because the feel and the vibe is yeah, what I'm going for. Mm-hmm. And I like adding to it. So they're different and they're not always the same music. So, cause it music yeah. goes throughout the entire episode yeah it's, it's not lovely. just an intro and an outro like a normal podcast it's the whole time and so I have to find things that are long enough and uh, one of my sons actually composes um, electronic music and so I'm hoping to get to the point where he can compose and get the right feel for what I'm going for so hopefully sometime in the future Gavin Bacon will be composing the music I love it yay mm-hmm. oh that's awesome that's really cool um, and I think that kind of it almost jumps back into education but you know I love that um, that you just, you, you have an idea and you, like you said, thank goodness for the internet, because we can just, we can almost like throw this out. Like, this is an idea I have and just try to glean from others that have maybe gone before us and try to learn from them and and trial and error, just trying it out. And uh, I'm sure your first episode, like you said, 
baby idea in January was birthed in literally like a nine month. Literally. (laughs) Yeah. And, and like, even, you know, yesterday I recorded five minutes of it with music and that took me two hours to produce five minutes of content. And I just came out so like disappointed and told my husband, like, I just spent two hours of my life for For five five minutes. minutes. But, you know, like it's an obedience to the Lord. It's work I love. And hopefully those five minutes will translate into some real hope and help for somebody on the other Mm -hmm. side. Well, as an encouragement to you, I think uh, a five minute song typically takes me uh, weeks to craft and then uh, probably at least two solid eight hour chunks of time to record. And that's right. So, you know, hang in there. You're doing know. And you think about movies too, you know, five minutes of a movie or, or animation or, you know, it just, it it looks real easy afterwards when it's all polished, but it's really not. So creators, (laughs) you keep doing your thing. Keep doing it when we'll Mm -hmm. just enjoy the benefits. So thank you so much for your work. And so I would love to end by praying for you and your work. And then um, I'll have you close us out with another little snippet of encouragement for everybody, but let's pray. Mm-hmm. Oh, Father God, thank you for this time with my friend Amanda and just hearing um, more about what she's up to and what you have given her to do. Thank you for her obedient walk with you. It is, it is a blessing to us um, to watch her um, walk forward in obedience. It gives us um, hope and encouragement in our own journeys and Lord, we just pray for her um, podcast endeavors with At Night. It's so lovely. It's such a gift. We just thank you for her sweet, calming voice um, and her uh, the way she's ministering to the hearts of your people through that. And continue to bless the work um, that she does at Proverbs 31. Lord, bless the teams there. The messages they um they release are so timely and so encouraging. We just thank you for their work there. Uh, Bless the Masterpiece Mom and all the Mom Things podcast. Uh, It's a wonderful community. um, And we just, we thank you for their work there. uh, For Amanda and her um, family life, just trying to navigate everything. Thank you for giving her wisdom and determination to um, live out her calling to uh, answer those um, compelling drives that you were giving her to do the work you set before her and um, bless her family, especially in this um, season coming up, the crazy busy season of uh, December and um, just go before them, um, be their peace, be their comfort, be their hope um, and may they ever be reminded of your faithfulness and love We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Andrea. So yeah, what what message of encouragement would you love to leave with everybody today? I would say the most important thing that I've had to learn over the last, I would say, 14 years since I started writing as a ministry and doing things like that is that just because you don't get paid for something doesn't mean it's not God's call for you. And I had to learn that it was about a decade before I received compensation for anything I was creating. And I I still, still most of what I do, I don't get paid for other than my job and the book that we released. Most of it is what I do out of obedience. And so I just want to encourage those creators who are like, I can't keep this up because I need to 
also feed my face and my family and keep <laughs> us living somewhere. But, you know, keep walking in obedience and God will do the rest. And that's just one thing that I really learned and want to encourage people with that. We, there's a lot of what we do from volunteering in the nursery, which I love to do a couple times a month, from volunteering in the nursery to writing a book or selling some music. A lot of the in-betweens and the buildup is stuff we do um, as unto the Lord in obedience. And it and it's not always because we get compensated for it. And I think a lot of times creatives kind of ride that line of if I'm doing this for the Lord, should I be concerned about my paycheck? Well, Mm -hmm. your work is worthy of getting paid for, but obedience without getting paid is amazing as well. So I would just encourage you that um, don't ever think for a second that just because you don't get paid for something that you do, that it's not um, a a call from the Lord to do it. Awesome. Yeah. That's a real encouragement because it can be frustrating. I think our culture makes us think that um, success means bank accounts sometimes yeah. and not in the Lord's currency for sure. Also, mm-hmm. All right, Amanda, thank you so much for being on Creatively Christian with me today. It was so good to see you even through the computer. I love it. <laughs> so. right, you too. Thanks so much for having me. We'll talk I to you later. Bye, Bye everybody. Thanks so much for listening today. If you'd like to know more, please be sure and check out our show notes at theophanymedia.com forward slash bacon. If you enjoy this podcast, be sure to rate, review, and share wherever you listen to podcasts. Creatively Christian is a product of Theophany Media. You can find out more at theophanymedia.com. This show is hosted by Brandon Hollingsworth, Andrea Sandifer, Bill Brooks, and Lynn Baber. Our logo is by Bill Brooks. Our music is by Bill Brooks and Andrea Sandifer. To join our exclusive patron community, which includes bonus episodes and so much more, go to theophanymedia.com forward slash creatively Christian. Have a blessed day and keep on creating for our Lord.